Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, wherever you are watching or listening to this in the world. Uh, Dr. Ashley Dash and I were just talking about YouTube before. Uh, maybe you're on there and uh, agents can send me the information. I can do background singing. Awesome. Awesome things there. Perhaps not. That's not my Ikigai. But we're here today to talk about Dr. Ashley Dash's Ikigai. And Dr. Dash, my word, yes. what a life. So she's a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. She's got an MBA, a Doctorate of Strategic Leadership, Certified Job and Career Development Coach. She is a published author. She is a speaker. She runs amazing uh, program called, uh, let me remind me, hang on, of the Love Black Man Day. No, that's not right. National Black Man Day. National Black Man Day. But you say that loving black men is your superpower. Was this it correct? Is. Yes. So, so much cool things to talk about today. And as well, she's an HR professional, an American HR professional living in Japan, not based in Tokyo. This is kind of how we first uh, got to meet each other at the few Japan career strategy seminar we connected afterwards and you're in exactly. uh, I want to say Hamamatsu. Hamamatsu, yep. Yes, yes, so right out in the stick. So first of all, how how is life in uh, the Inaka in the countryside of Japan? So to be clear, when they said countryside, I thought they meant like countryside. I am from a small town. I grew up in a small town in South Carolina. I grew up on a dirt road. So when they said country, I was like, I don't want to go back, but I'm in Japan. And so it's fine. So when they brought me here, um, I walked off the train station and saw Tiffany and company and Louis Vuitton <laughs> and H&M. So when they said country, I said, I don't think we envision country <laughs> the same way. So I'm doing great. Right. So that was like your first uh, culture shock coming to Japan. Like, okay, this is definitely not what I imagined Kansas to be like. Um, yes. Right. Definitely so, not the country. I guess compared to, you know, the, the bigger cities, you know, it, it is very country. Yeah. Um, very, I guess, suburban-esque. <laughs> uh, just in case anyone is listening and hearing a lot of background noise, uh, there's a load of kids playing outside my house, including my daughters upstairs. So... <laughs> The ooping is maybe everyone is loving what we're talking about. So apologies to the listeners, but uh, yes, that's kids playing outside. So, so tell me about your ikigai though, Ashley. What gets you out of bed in the morning? So to be honest, my ikigai, I feel like has been like an ongoing journey. It isn't something that I was just, you know, excited about. So for me, it really is about helping and serving people and ensuring that people have a positive mindset. For myself, that has not always been the case at all. It's something that I had to learn and develop. But I would say part of it, I would have to rediscover, you know, as an adult. Um, a lot of the learning and professional and personal development I'm doing, they say, go back to your to your true self. And they always say like your genius level, right? Mention your kids, the kids, your the genius level, right? When you're age like five or three, they always mention like somewhere under eight. 
So they said, go back and revisit that. So when I'm looking at pixel, I started just kind of doing that work, that inner work. And I'm going through these pictures. I asked my mom to send me pictures, you know, when I was younger. And I'm looking at these pictures and literally in all of these photos, I am mouth open, laughing, like gut busting, like <laughs> just in excitement and awe. And I'm like, where, what happened to that? How, how did I lose that? So for me, it was a, I'm on a journey. It's not over. I'm currently on a journey to, to get back to that positive mindset where I wake up like the pictures that I see just laughing, excited and ready to take over the day. Oh, that's amazing. Do you, um, do you know like what you were laughing at in those pictures? Every, I asked my mom actually that question and in every instance, it's something different. She said, sometimes you were just happy and excited. Other times when I was making a face, um, there's, to be honest, there's no rhyme or reason to <laughs> the, to the happiness. Yeah. Um, actually one of the stories that my mom often tells other people that I'm, you know, mortified or embarrassed about is that so my mom actually has a hearing problem. Right. Um, and when there would be like loud sounds or anything that should scare a child or make them cry, I wouldn't cry. I would just kind of be like, you know, whatever, everything is fine. So she thought because she had a hearing issue that I couldn't hear. She thought I was deaf. So she, she took me to the doctor and, and told her like, you know, she's not crying. She doesn't get upset. Like she's, the doctor checked her Checked, so checked me, everything is fine. My mom went back to her two more times and said, listen, lady, there's nothing wrong with your child. She's right. content. Be happy, be blessed. Go home and do not bring her back. There's nothing wrong with her. We've checked everything. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting. Like the mom is, you know, thinking there must be something because she's not shocked or surprised. Like, no, you just have a happy kid. I just have a happy kid. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And and do you notice when, when you look back at those photos, um, like later on, where, where is the point? Where is the age where maybe that constant laughter and joy kind of stops showing up in the pictures? To be honest, it seems like when I hit maybe like fifth or sixth grade, maybe. Right. So is that like 10, 11? I think I, so. I think it's yeah. in the, or maybe it could be a little bit earlier. Um, like school pictures, in my opinion, are always horrible, but I'm looking at like casual pictures, you yeah. know, just like with the family, things like that. It seems like around that age, mm. like late elementary, yeah. early middle school is kind of where things begin to change and shift. Yeah, I, I feel that's a really kind of common thing for girls, especially, yeah. right? Like that um, puberty is hitting. I'd like, right. I have a, an 11 year old daughter right now. So I'm definitely seeing that, that shift to womanhood um and that yeah that just uh so so now when she does you know laugh out loud really silly I definitely feel like I treasure those moments right much more much definitely. more yeah that's really great though that you're going back and, and looking at all those things so there's like a first takeaway for people is to go back and uh, check those pictures of you at like the age of genius so the yeah. sub eight yeah five years old seems to be a good place you're not too kind of socialized into school yet right right yeah it's great so so tell me like what has been with this positivity guiding you what's changed in your life with having that outlook so I think you know I for some reason I have to be honest I'm not quite sure the reason I'm still investigating that is it I feel like life happens to you right like you experience life maybe I shouldn't say life happens to you but it does life happens mm -hmm. to you experience life and then you start you know being who you are, what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. And for myself, it wasn't something that, you know, was overtly negative. 
right? Mm. But it was like something, something little, you know, every day over time. And I got to the place where maybe I wasn't as confident or as happy or as excited as who I knew in myself and my heart really true to be. Like when you go to college and you fail your test for the first time, right? Or when you have to go to summer school or you become unemployed, right? That's actually how I started um, my journey into career development and HR. All those things, we don't, at least I didn't address them. You know, I just kind of experienced them and then kept going and never really unpacked what that looked like, what it meant, how I felt, because there's other work and other things that really needed to get done. So I just continued to press on and move forward. And it wasn't until I was having lots of issues or I was experiencing things at work or at home where these ideals would pop up. It's like, oh, they popped up because it's time for me to deal with this. It's time for me to talk about this because I haven't dealt with it. I muted myself because my son's just come home. So you you went through that journey, you start to deal with those things. And then how how are you applying it kind of practically into your daily life, this idea of the positivity? And So it depends on the day, to be honest, because every day is different. <laughs> um, that's actually something I'm working right now to do is like integration. I feel like when I'm like, you know, when I'm the least busy is when I have the most time to integrate. It's when like life is busy, when I lose a little bit of that integration. Um, so a couple of things I do from a practical perspective is that I have a, um, I don't have a gratitude journal. I have a gratitude like little box where um, I write down things that um, I'm grateful for. One of my sorority sisters actually sent it to me as a, as a Christmas gift here to Japan. So I um, have strips of paper that you drop in there. And she says, at the end of the year, you open it up and then you go through the year and you read kind of what you did. So that's what I'm doing um, this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And I am a fan of music. So I always have <laughs> some random song playing um, in the background. Some of them are just like classical, you know, breathe in, breathe out. And some are like things from when I was in college, maybe I shouldn't be listening to anymore, <laughs> but they bring back happy memories. Hey, yeah. <laughs> my friends. Um, so just incorporating those different, you know, for me, I really have to like hear it like some people mm. are writing but like gold cast like I love gold cast gold cast to me I can just put that in my ear and just like do whatever <laughs> I'm doing right. because even if I don't feel positive even if I don't feel happy even if I'm not in that right mindset I feel like after like an hour of gold cast you feel like you can take over the world <laughs> right so I've never listened to gold cast so can you tell me a bit more about it yeah. well gold cast is um it's, I found it on YouTube um, it, they have like these inspirational videos. Um, they're like three, three minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes. They have different um, lengths of time. And they was, it seems like it started off with celebrities, right? So I used to, I used to listen to a Denzel Washington. He was giving a commencement speech um, at a, a university. And for some reason, that particular one just resonated with me. He was talking about how, you know, he failed out of, he flunked out of college and he was considering going to the military and you know, someone, a woman gave him a prophecy that he was going to, you know, talk to, change the world, basically, like he was going to, you know, travel the world, he was going to make a difference and, and things like that. So, and at the end of every video, it'll have like a little slogan, like, you know, you matter or keep going or, you know, just something <laughs> like that one phrase, like Ikigai, right? Like, yeah, it, like it encapsulates the entire like video, whether it's like 30 minutes or three minutes. So for me, some, like I don't always wake up happy. Like, and I think a lot of what? us, we don't, <laughs> right? Are you human? So, yeah, of course. Totally human. Mm. Um, so I think sometimes we are, at least for myself, I force myself or I feel like I 
tried to force myself to be happy when I'm when I'm not like it was right. an internal thing I'm like why am I forcing this like there's loads of tools and resources available to, available to me let me just go use them yeah yeah and just having that it's like the friends and the people that you have about you right they're either going to build you up or they're going to pull you down and so really kind of choosing right. um funnily enough my word for the year is curation so I want to be like this, have this idea of curating the information that goes into my brain, curating the experiences that I have, curating, you know, like the content, the guests that I'm having yeah. and, and how that will go into my book. And yeah, just being like mindful and intentional about what I fill my head with. I'm still working on it as well. I love your uh, humbleness and honesty that this is a big work in progress. And I definitely spend too much time on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn only. Those are my two social medias. But if I hadn't been on LinkedIn, I wouldn't have seen your beautiful affirmation. So I think it's, I think it was a good thing. But yeah, like curating, I, I you know, yeah, I could, I could watch the news and, and listen to all the awful things which are going on in the world. Or I can listen to Denzel Washington give a commencement speech talking about how I can overcome the troubles which are in my life. Right. What's the choice? What's the curator's moment that I have there? Uh, Denzel so I, every time. Denzel every time. For many, for many things, I think. Yes. <laughs> when in doubt, when in doubt, choose Denzel. Yes, I love that. <laughs> a, new, a new one. You could put that one on your think, uh, Friday I affirmation. Yes. When in doubt, choose Definitely Denzel. That one. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I, I wonder if that um, moves into the connection around, um, you, you were talking about uh, Black Man Day and about like building those ideas of, of positive uh, Black masculinity and those men mm -hmm. surrounding themselves with positive people, with people who are going to build them up. So can you tell right. me a little bit about this event and, and kind of where that came from and yeah, where it yes. is now? Oh. So um, I always say that I have crazy ideas. My friends like to rename them and say, I'm just, I'm an innovator, right? I like um, that. I like that spin. Right. And, um, you know, during, you know, the last few years, there's just been a lot of, um, in the United States, just a lot of horrible things happening in the news. And then, of course, you know, Black Lives Matter just came, became a global, you know, force after there was just some just hor horrific things, to be honest. And it, it was in that space where, I was sitting and thinking like, you know, I wonder why there's so much stress and, and anger, you know, in this space. And while that was happening, I was looking for a, a Father's Day gift for my godfather. He and I are very close and uh, I couldn't find any gifts for him. And it kind of like frustrating, like if you don't like football or if you don't like sports or tools or drinking, like that's it. Like you don't really <laughs> have anything. And then I was looking, then I started looking for um, some birthday gifts to some of my friends who were not fathers. And I couldn't find anything. And I kind of just came to the epiphany is why is it so difficult to find, um, you know, gifts for multi-layered black men? And why there's so, why is there so much negativity around black men? And, and like in that space, I was like, you know what? I want to uplift them. I want to know, let them know that they're loved, they're supported, they're celebrated, and they're appreciated. And I started looking for um, different ways and things to do that. And um, I, I was like, I wonder if there's like a day, like there's Father's Day, is there like a day for Black men? And there wasn't. So I was like, fine, I'm going to create it myself. <laughs> so that's what I did. Um, I created National Black Men Day and we launched August 8th, 2020, last year. And uh, it's, it was amazing. It was literally like a thought in my head, maybe like May-ish. 
And then August 8th, we were like having a full blown event, um, people around the country. It was just amazing. We had speakers. Uh, it was, it was great. Oh, I'm properly full on body goosebumps for this. I love that, you know, just this idea, shall we do it? And of course, you know, in May, that was really like the timing of Black Lives Matter was becoming much more of a global force, right? Mm -hmm. And right. so it's almost that it was this, well, let's, you know, we're seeing all these negative images and horrible, horrible images of, of Black men and women being killed right. and abused and, and murdered, let's right. be frank. But let's not have that the only pictures that people see of Black men. Right. Right. Exactly. So let's create this, you know, ideal, this not ideal future, but these different images of, of what, what it looks like and then changing everybody's perceptions as well. Exactly. And so tell me what, oh, sorry, carry on. I wanted to use your, your word, right? I'm, I'm gonna steal it, you know, for a little while, curation. Yes. I really wanted to curate what a whole black man would look like. You know, it, he was whole in all areas, physically, mentally, emotionally, health-wise, financially, like what, would that look like like what what would an empowered black man look like not just to himself but to the world yes. right and how do we give people black men and the people who love them the tools and resources to help him become that version of self so that's really what i wanted to curate because there's so many amazing organizations but similar to you, I want to curate all of it. I want to be, you know, the place where everyone comes <laughs> to get that information from education to finance. Like I want to be that, that one place. I want to be that black man Facebook, right? <laughs> where <laughs> we have all the information, we have all of the, you know, the support and whatever you need, we can offer a referral, we can offer an organization, we can offer a business for you um, if, if that's your goal. Oh, Ashley, I love it. I love it. And so on August the 8th, when you had this yes. uh, Black Man Day, like what, what happened? You had speakers, like how, how did that feel for you in the moment? It felt like I didn't know what I got myself into, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I had a thought and then I was like, this doesn't really, you know, and I talked to my mom about it. She was like, my mom got on board uh, immediately. And I have lots of ideas. So just very clear. Like I have literally thousands of ideas like all the time my mom but you're an innovator like, not a crazy lady right yes I'm an innovator <laughs> so um well, most of the time she's like okay let's research it let's look you know she was she always like slows me down because I'm like you know I'm really fast but when I told her this one she just got on board like immediately she just saw it and yeah then I told someone else and then I told someone else and everyone like the first time I told them like the very first time I had the thought they just kind of got on board so then we started working and then it kind of got bigger and bigger. So it was an all day conference, we call it a celebration, where we had, was it seven, 10 speakers, including myself in, in seven areas of what I call wellness. Um, we had a, the, a founder of Black Men Meditate start us the day off with meditation. Um, we had, you know, grab bags, we had music playlists as gifts, we had um, lots of wonderful Black men, talked about relationships and, uh, you know, we have the founder of Black Speakers Network, and he was there to share his expertise in business areas. And um, actually, my personal pastor, he closed out the session with a, a, a prayer for Black men um, to support them, kind of like to send them out into the world on a positive note. So there were so many different things that were mm. that was happening um, that it's 
to be honest, it's like a blur. <laughs> like there's just so many people to mention, so many things that happened. Um, but it was so wonderful. It was so amazing. Great. And I love that that power of kind of sharing your crazy idea with yeah. with different people. And then when you get that kind of resonating, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe it's gonna happen. Yeah. Or maybe people are not saying like, oh, Ashley, are you really gonna do this? They're saying like, how do I help you make this happen? And then you know that you've hit. Um, if we use, you know, the Ikigai Venn diagram, um, like the, right. what the world needs, you've really, really hit on, there is just such a desire for this kind of event, for this kind of uh, interaction. Um, and that yes. people are just, are not saying like, oh, are you sure? Da, 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 da. They're just like, they go right. straight to the how. So. That's the first time you mentioned the Ikigai. And that's interesting for me because that's the first time I've ever had an idea where everyone like everyone got on board in different spaces, different ages, different parts of the country. Like um, I met people on social media. Like it was just, everyone heard it and was like, let's go. It, it was very, uh, it was great. It was, it was a little disconcerting because I had never <laughs> experienced that before. Um, like I know how to do it when it's negative, right? To be honest, like when people <laughs> say no, you kind of have to bounce back. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, I know how to negotiate around this and I can influence yes. people and bring them on board. Well, when wow. everyone says yes and they say go, you're like, oh, we have to go. I didn't think that far. <laughs> let's let's get the <laughs> ball rolling. So that was an interesting new world in a positive way, but that was an interesting uh, way to experience Ikigai because that was the first time I had ever mm. experienced it that way. Yeah, and, um, and, it, and it's great thinking that just from this small idea from this one, I have this thing that might happen. And there's somehow hundreds of people are involved and you're like touching all of these lives and, and yes. everyone involved is also like part of their Ikigai for being in the room, right? They're giving service, they're supporting, you know, they're making a difference to themselves by that act of service, as well as by the people that they impact with their message. Amazing. Yes, we had so many co positive comments, so many, you know, I call magical moments that happens. And to me, it's mind blowing because of the short amount of time that it happens in. So yeah. again, we had the thought in May, and probably started working in June. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had the event in August. In the middle so, of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic, yes. <laughs> Let's just now remember that. And you were in Japan and everyone else is on a different time zone in the U.S.? all across the all time zones in the United all States. time zones in the US as well. Wow. Wow. So you had some uh, late night meetings then late nights, early mornings. I'm a night owl. So it worked out for me. Um, I didn't quite work it out. I, I, I didn't plan the best, to be honest, because I made it an all day conference. So I stayed up all night because in Japan, we're opposite. So in order to, <laughs> to be there in the morning, I had to be there in the evening. And then we finished their evening. So it was like 6 a.m. And I'm yeah. like, please tell so. me that you took the next day off work. I did. Good. It was actually <laughs> It was actually, it was, a, it was a golden week. What I think there was oh, no, August, so maybe it was just the Obon, Obon holidays, right? Maybe that's what it, like yeah. it happened right, you know, after I didn't have to go to work. So it was amazing. <sighs> Good. Yeah. Like how, how do you, um, I don't want to use the, oh, actually before that, I just want to ask one question, one more question. Will you be having another event this year, 2021? Oh yes. Yeah. So I tell everyone Black Monday is special. It's August 8th from now until eternity. So every August 8th forever well, yes this is the legacy um 
Wow. We something and we are planning. We have an executive team now. We have more time to plan. We're putting <laughs> processes in place, right? We didn't have that last year. Um, we already have some some speakers um, to say yes. So we did get commitment from a former NFL player. So we have to, you know, finish up his paperwork and make sure everything is good. But um, he said yes. So we are in the planning stages for August 8th of this year. So yes. Right. Yeah. So if uh, anyone is watching or listening and wants to get involved as a as a participant or as a speaker with providing uh, service and valuable information to uplift these amazing black men, then they can contact you, right? They can contact me directly. They can register for free at blackmendig.com. <laughs> and of course there's, um, there's information below for them to check out, but yes. Um, and just FYI, the conference is free. So the conference oh, wow. is available for free for all of, for all participants. Um, if they would like to upgrade, of course, we have those options. But I just want to make sure that we're offering this because we want we want to help. We want to serve. Yeah. And I don't feel like a financial barrier should be a reason why you can't get the help and support and love and appreciation that you deserve right. as a black man. So yes. we do, are self-funded. So if there's any sponsors that are looking, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Check down below, sponsors. Put your money where your mouth is. Yes. But uh, it's been great. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, and talking about, you know, sort of matter and meaning and ikigai, you also just been part of a published book, which is, interestingly, I run an online uh, group for entrepreneurs. We started last year in March uh, because yeah. of COVID called Make March Matter. And uh, actually our theme for this month is Make Matters March, but your book is called Make It Matter. So what is it and what is uh, your contribution to, I think you said there's a, is it 17? There's 17 authors, yes. So I am part of the Make It Matter project. Mm. Oh, it's um, a project, not just a, a book. It is, yes. it is a project. <laughs> um, in <and> in <laughs> so in the book, um, I have a chapter called Make your legacy matter. And I talk about, you know, finding career freedom, um, you having choice. Um, I mentioned, of course, National Black Man Day, and it's kind of how it all flows together, whether you're, you know, a man or woman, whether you're Black or not, you know, we all have a choice in finding career freedom, being happy and positive and having that mindset of success, of you getting to decide what you do in the morning and how you get paid. And that's really what I am very, the, like, that would be my ultimate ikigai, right? I feel like, the positive mindset you have to have at the bottom of it, you know, to, to do these wonderful things. But I want people to be empowered to make a choice. They can work or not work. They can make money passively or actively. I want everyone to live the life that they want on design and with intention. And that's what I talk about in terms of creating your legacy, making your legacy matter. Um, so along with the book, we did, you know, we did, we're in pre-order time right now but there's also going to be um a course so we're going to actually integrate right we're going to talk about integration mm. um i feel like that's the most important part is we all read information we all have this knowledge but we all know how to lose weight right but it's not until you actually you know do the calorie counting it's not until you you know you start walking or exercising that it actually makes a difference yeah. in your life that you can see right that you can feel that you can touch and Part of the project is we have a masterclass and I talk about, you know, you know, the, the different levels of finding career freedom. Like how do you personally find career freedom? What do you have to do and where you are um, to do that? So starting from unemployment, I call everyone's worst nightmare, all mm. the top of finding career freedom. Right. Actually, you know, on that point, there's many people who have found themselves laid off or on a very extended furlough that doesn't look like something is going to happen. So what sort of advice would you have for, for those people who are really in a, a difficult position 
um, right now and don't maybe don't feel that they have any choices because of uh, COVID. So it depends on where they are in the unemployment space because I kind of split it into two. So I'll go with the in initial. If you just got unemployed, like if you're mm -hmm. listening to my voice and like you got, you became, if you got fired, laid off, downsized, whatever language, HR language. <laughs> you no longer have paid right, employment, yes. Um, the first thing I encourage everyone to do is to check their 401ks to make sure there's no loans because those loans become um, due within 30 days, typically. Uh, if you have health, insurance or medical insurance or dental insurance um typically hr pays in advance of 30 days so you have actually have the rest of the month typically not always but mm. you have 30 days to uh use up those benefits so if you need something to get scheduled i encourage them specifically in america yes <laughs> to use those benefits as soon as possible and then of course um two more things to of course apply for unemployment um because actually registering registering for unemployment is separate from actually filing for unemployment. So you can actually get the process started just by registering. You can wait to file later. Mm. And then of course, um, the last thing is uh, you need to take advantage of any other benefits your company offers. So if they bring in career services, resume writers, any of those um, folks, go ahead and take advantage of those. Even if you don't find that, you know, them to be particularly helpful, to be honest, still take advantage of them so that you can prove and show to other people that you're actively like in the process that you're networking and that you're having those conversations. And typically what they don't mention is that you still have access to um, what I call like the, I don't call the emergency number, but I call the mental health line, right? It's part of every, every company typically has um, a hotline where if you're suffering, you know, um, from any type of anxiety, there's normally like a website portal or there's a telephone number that you can reach out to talk to someone because you're, if you need counseling referrals or anything like that. So I tell people, this will be the time, you know, to take advantage of that because <laughs> you're going through a situation and typically you still have like, you know, another 30 days before um, or the rest of the month before you're actually like filed off unless they do it at the end of the month. And some companies do do that. It's kind of sad to me, but they do do that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to pay for the next month. Yeah, I love that. That's really like super practical that I wouldn't have thought of to just be like, yeah, get your teeth fixed. You need that blood test, whatever. Get it done now. Get your meds all filled up. Yes. Yes. All of those things, all of those things. And also you just get kind of in the system for unemployment, even if you never claim a day, it's easier, you know, you're, it's tracking from. Right. Right. And so you have all you, your paperwork. they're going to sit because their job's going to give you like paperwork and dates and you're not gonna remember all that. Right. So I know it's yeah. difficult to kind of have all this, you know, practical information kind of coming at you when you're in a very emotive space. Yeah. However, if you're in a practical mode, if you can just stay there just for 48 hours, <laughs> and get all that stuff done, then you can, you know, cry, Spring, yeah. yell, do whatever, you know, later. So that's why I encourage people who are newly unemployed. If you've been unemployed for a while, right? Good segue. Um, yeah, you. and that has been me. I have been unemployed for months, right? Wow. Um, in that space, you, you have to have a positive mindset. I cannot like emphasize that enough. You have to be in a positive space because you have to interview and talk to people and they can sense that negativity, right? So you need to make sure your resume is updated, right? Um, there's lots of information online. Um, if you have severance, then this will be the time to hire someone. Maybe you don't want to do it yourself. Hire, you know, invest in yourself, right? Use some of that money um, to invest in, you know, in those services that you know work and make a difference. 
practice interviewing, right? Like all of those things that we talk about that no one takes seriously until it's time to get a job. <laughs> those are the things that you should be doing while you're unemployed. I can say that because I'm guilty myself. Um, but mock interviews, um, letting people know you're in, you're open to, you know, to new positions. Um, maybe this is time to start relocation. Like that's actually what happened to me. That's how I ended up in Japan. I was, um, I was unemployed previously and then I kind of just decided that, you know what, I wanted something different. I wanted a new life, a new start. And I was open to working anywhere in the world. And magically, you know, when I started being honest about what I wanted to do and how much money I wanted to make, the position here at Yamaha appeared within like two weeks after me deciding that, you know what, I want to work in global HR development, right? I want to, you know, work in career development and leadership. I want to make a certain amount of money, right? And I'm open to anywhere in the world. And I applied and then we started that conversation. Wow. wow. And that's a sort of totally different from, you know, your previous world. And so do you think that that sort of setting, setting those criteria and just being honest with yourself about what you wanted and, and the boundaries, that was yeah. what helped it to happen? Yeah. So I'm going to like, I'm sorry to interrupt, just rather than just saying, I just want any job. That doesn't work. <laughs> okay. I mean, very cool. That does not work. For, for a number of reasons, right? But typically, when I just want a job, no one knows how to help you when you say that. Like, if I say, I just want a job, there's lots of jobs. Am I sending you every single job? And then if I do that, that's very, like, that comes work for me. I, I don't know how to help you, yeah. right? So I'm going to be very honest. That was a struggle that I had in, in previous positions, right? Um, I was settling, right? I was not working in my ikigai, I was, you know, just trying to survive. And I ended up being unemployed that led to unemployment. But when I was honest with myself about what I really wanted to do, what I was really excited about and not settling, even though I had been unemployed for months, to be honest, yeah. right. And I personally, well, one time I was denied unemployment, right. So I'm not saying that it's easy, right. I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, you don't have responsibilities, but I just decided I wasn't going to settle. And I was very clear on the type of job that I wanted. I tell all my clients, like, when you get clear, get clear based on job title. If you don't know what that job title is, go on LinkedIn and see what other people are doing. You'll find it, okay? Yeah. How much money do you want to get paid? Like, I was very clear in terms of my salary expectations, right? I was making half of what I made in the past. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore, right? I'm going back to my, <laughs> back to what I'm comfortable with. And then for, for me, I was open to relocation, I didn't know when I said that I was open globally until it happened, to be honest. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. say Japan, but I just remember saying that I'm really open. And I really felt in my heart, I was open to working anywhere as long as I had my solid expectations and I could work, you know, 80% or more in like the career leadership space. Right. I love that. And I love um, the idea that by being really clear, it also enables other people to support that. Yes. Right. So if you just say, oh, I'm, I'm unemployed, I'm looking for a job. Well, yeah, I'll look out for you. But what? And I remember I worked in the recruitment industry for, for 12 years. I, I was only a recruiter for about a year and a half. But, you know, people would be asking like, well, if you know anyone, you know, to try and get referrals, if you know anyone who's looking for a job and in our training, they were just like, no, you have to say if you know any bilingual accountants working for foreign capital firms, if they have a Japanese CPA, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. then please send them to us because yeah. we can help those people like in, in that team right. rather than just, we can't just help anyone right? because we're not doing certain types of roles. If your friend's a doctor, we, we can't find them a new job. Exactly. 
if they're a you know rocket scientist we, we can't help them either so um, and that's where like for me the career affirmations happen for me mm. so um, everyone talks about affirmations i think yes. i still think they're a little woo right they're, they're oh little- i'm all about i like a bit of woo maybe just half a woo half a woo I'm not still- the woo woo just a woo just a woo <laughs> i'm trying to get on the woo woo bus okay i'm Ooh. not there yet okay all I'm right so career affirmations for me were a way for me to start integrating I'm not really understanding this, but everyone says it works. I read the studies, the scientists say that it works. So obviously there's something here, even though I, I'm not feeling it. So okay, what if I started doing affirmations, but I'm not into all like the, the other stuff, like I'm in the career space. So I was like, mm. why, would, why would I do anything other than career affirmations? Like yeah. to me, it just makes sense. So then I said, okay, this was more for myself to be honest than anyone else. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> for me. so then I started doing Friday career affirmations. And it was a way for me to be more more appreciative and grateful for the opportunity that I have because I was intensely homesick because, you know, COVID is going crazy around the world. Um, I haven't been able to go home in like almost a year and a half. So I was kind of like missing home, but I had this wonderful opportunity that I don't think I was appreciating, that I don't think I was grateful for because I was focused on the negative. Mm. So for me, Friday career affirmations was a way for me to be excited and grateful. Like I do like my job. I am paid very well. I have some amazing coworkers. And that's what I started doing. I started just being more grateful for what I did have as opposed to being negative about what I was missing where I felt like I didn't have. Right, right. And I love, are there a real highlight of my Friday Friday on LinkedIn? If you had to choose a favorite one, um, which would it be? I, actually, my favorite one has not been released yet, so Ooh. I can't answer that particular oh. one. <laughs> so follow you, follow yes. you, um, to find out. Please I write. Think, this was my favorite one, as mentioned. <laughs> I will, I think, to be honest, it's gonna the one that I'm thinking of has something around purpose. So I will give you a hint. It is something oh. around purpose, but it has not been released yet. Exciting, exciting. And and from um, you know the interaction that you've uh, you've had from people. Um, do you see any trends in like what what is resonating right now from an affirmations? I don't even does that make sense as a question? You know what it I mean? Does, it does make sense. Actually, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Um, to be honest, for a long time, I didn't think anybody was reading them because I would never get any likes, no comments, no anything. And then I think one person liked it. I want to say I think you liked it. You made a comment on the next, maybe the week after the right. two weeks after, like. Like it was like one person and a different person and you made a comment. And after that, just consistently people have been reacting, have been talking, and then I've been sharing it. So you are, you have the magic touch. You, you, <laughs> what is possible for you after appearing on this podcast? Who knows? Oh my goodness. The, yes. your, the, the stars around you <laughs> in the universe. They're all from you. They're all from you. <laughs> Love it. You're too kind. You're too kind. It seems like so far... The ones that I recall have been around money, mm. I think, which makes sense because they're career affirmations. Yep. Um, but there's some more interesting ones that are, are more um, less money focused that I think people are going to be open to. And the ones that I have shared so far are actually ones that I've experienced. So for me, these aren't aspirational. Like a lot of these, even if I'm not experiencing now, well, I think most of them in Japan, most of them I'm experiencing now, but in the past, maybe I hadn't experienced them. But all the ones that I'm sharing, I have personally experienced. So there's one about, um, I'm not sure this one was shared yet, but around having an amazing boss. I have a great boss here, 
but one of my favorite bosses ever worked, I worked at Mercedes Benz and she, I just didn't know that people like her existed in boss form. Like I just, wow. you, it, like if I could do a case study, I would choose her. She was a mentor. She was honest. She was caring. Like she invested in you. She told you when you were wrong, but in a way that you could receive it and make changes. It was amazing. I was like, where have you been all my life? And I was devastated when I had to leave her. <laughs> like, I was like, I will not make more money. I will stay at this salary and work for you. That's how I honestly felt. Yeah, that's like the the huge impact of having a really great boss, right? Yes. That even though there's other things which are driving you mad about your job or the infrastructure or whatever, there's something about like that power of an amazing boss that can kind of help you get through the day. So yeah, every, every people manager should know their impact both for... Uh, good and for evil as well, right? Because I'm sure that you see many, uh, many of your clients are, why did you leave your job? Because my boss. Yes. Right. Your boss or a coworker or your boss's boss. I've just been, so I tell everyone, my career journey has not been simple. I tell everyone I graduated as an unemployed, you know, unemployed, right? So it took a while um, to find my bearings. I've been unemployed over the years, but I've had some amazing experiences at the same time. So I'm very clear on both sides of this of the story, whether you're working or not working. I've had amazing bosses and horrendous people that I would never want to see ever again, to be perfectly honest. Um, but you still have control. So that's where we talk about the positivity comes back. Like you, you can leave. All of us feel like we can't leave. Like I felt there's been times where I feel like I had to stay at a job because I had responsibilities and I could I couldn't leave. So when I'm focusing on helping, you know, black business professionals in corporate America. That's what we're talking about. Like, okay, we know you need the money, but you also need to be healthy. You know, you also need to be emotionally stable. <laughs> you also need, you know, these other things. They're just as important. So we have that conversation because it, it's super important. Yeah, I think I, it, it's not always as easy to say like, oh, you can just leave. And But I just feel like having that, I have a choice. I might not like where this choice would lead me to and then the other actions that I have to take but I do have the choice yes. to stay to stay and quit is one right like so I'm in the job I'm like, can you hear my son singing he's happy um in your song. yeah there. uh that's my playlist um you know yeah you can stay in your job but really not be engaged and be one of the, you know, the actively disengaged people in the workforce. I'm like, but is that really like how you want to be? You know, is that how you want to turn up every day? Or you can, yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult. Job hunting is hard. And maybe it's because of your age or because of your gender or because of your skill set, all these different things, right? You go, oh, there's nowhere else for me to go. But I kind of feel like that's the importance of an, um, I think I set this as a non-explicit, so I'll, I'll just uh, use the, the F word, off fund, we'll say. Yeah, so we have, and I think that's a really powerful idea of building that financial security that, um, that you've talked about, having that financial empowerment. That means that you can say, no one gets to talk to me like that. Here's my resignation. And being in the position where you can walk away from that relationship or you can walk away from, you know, a, a romantic relationship, anything which is just, yeah, sucking the life out of you. You Financial independence is really one of my important uh, messages as I well. It's super important. 
the finances. I always talk about finance. I talk about money first. I say all the time, I'm a money girl. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I am unashamed, right? But even if you don't have the money, right? I always say this because there's been times when I didn't have the money, right? Um, when you're unemployed for over six months, like that can drain mm. <laughs> you, yeah. right? Um, yes. So here's my thought process. You know, I am just that person. This is what I teach that I... I am the, the best person for whatever position I'm applying for. Like there is no competition. People like consider the candidate pool. There is no candidate pool. Okay. We're having this conversation. I'm not talking about worried about anyone else. And that's what I teach. And if I'm a match for you, then I would love to work and serve with your organization. If I'm not a match for you, thank you so much for your time. There's another organization that would love, be thrilled, you know, yeah. to work with me. And when you come from that space, that takes confidence, that takes knowing your worth, that takes being comfortable having conversations at what at a variety of levels. When you're in that space, regardless of how much money that you make, you impress people like, oh, well, they kind of, they, they get excited because we need to get her before someone else gets her. Or we need to hire him before someone else hires him. Yes. And that's when you start having conversations around money where, okay, well, we don't meet her salary expectations but she's worth us going back and asking HR for more money or talking <laughs> to the hiring manager, right? So that's part of you knowing yourself and how you really talk about and present your career brands, right? It's just being confident in your own abilities. I feel one of the issues that many people have across races, genders, religion, all is that we're too humble because we're mm. taught that humble is being, you know, is, is a is something to aspire for. And there are things we should be humble for. During the interview, that is not the time to be humble. That is the time to talk about, you know, what you've done, the facts, <laughs> the figures, the money you save, which you know how you've helped. Like that's the time to not be braggadocious, right? yes. but to be honest. This yes. is the value that I can provide, and I would yes. love to provide this value with and for your organization. Mm. And that requires that preparation beforehand. Um, and I love what you said before about you know, like work with. If you've just been laid off, for example, you don't have the confidence necessarily to look back and go, here are the highlights of my career. So like working with a career coach or um, with a copywriter who can just like bring out those star points and, and get your script, because this is real stuff that you did. Yes. You know, it's real stuff that you achieved and impact that you had and value you added to your organization. But yeah, if you've just been laid off or you've left a really, um, you know, mentally difficult situation, you've had burnout or whatever, it's not, the, it's not the best time for you to go like, and here I am, Jennifer Shinkai, and here's what I can bring for you, right? right. I maybe need someone to just like, yeah, ask me some questions and um, support me on that discovery. Because often, so yeah, because we're, we're so humble, right? Right, your performance appraisals, that's something I meant, I missed. Ooh. So if you're unemployed or if you're currently employed, actually, this is, this mm. is excellent. Um, when they give you the, you know, the raise or the not raise, whatever they give you that piece of paper, I encourage people to print it, take it home, email it. However, it's legally permissible for your company. I used to work in come up clients. So I have to make sure <laughs> whatever's legally permissible, permissible. For yeah. your, company. Your, your performance appraisals actually has a section that says, what has this person done? Right? Yes. And typically you're filling that out or your manager is filling that out. Someone's saying yes and approving that, right? Take all of those for the last five years and incorporate them onto your LinkedIn or resume I'm just saying you know maybe a thought yes I think that's a, yeah yeah that's so um, and, and and it's got all about the key performance indicators numbers. yeah like what those numbers are what the ranking was how you overcame problems all of yeah. those things that's great 
Uh, so those are great practical that no one ever talks about, but I think, yes, those are yummy. I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I love it so much. Um, oh, I know the way I was thinking there was one more topic I really wanted to, to cover. Um, and I think we'd be remiss because we haven't really touched that much on the Japan angle. And as we're talking about Ikigai, um, uh, I read a blurb, you know, and a lot of the, the stuff in uh, the English language media around ikigai is like every Japanese person has an ikigai and a reason to jump out of bed in the morning so in your role work okay there's there's the reaction uh for those of you who are listening a big big smile uh of <laughs> how would you describe your feeling right now Ashley I think you know what my question is gonna be <laughs> I, I just um that would be news to me <laughs> We'll see it that way. Yeah. So, 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 does everyone uh, that you come into contact with then have a reason to jump out of bed and a, a strong icky guy? I'm gonna say no. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> or maybe they do, and it's just not connected to their job. It's of course another option. I would say okay. Let me rephrase it then, because mm. I think maybe I didn't answer it fully. I everyone. I feel everyone does have icky guy. Mm. Um, are they always connected to it? And does it show up? Absolutely not. I, I think a lot of times we deny our ikigai for work. So that's why a lot of people maybe aren't happy at work because they're not in their ikigai or they, don't, and even if they're, even if they can't do it at work, they still have an outlet for it at home or mm. in the hobby. Like it's not showing up at all. Right. So that genius five-year-old self, whatever that kid was doing, right. nothing resonating or re not resonating, like reflecting that. Right. Is, is happening in their 45-year-old self. Yes, in any parts of their life, even if they can't do it at work. Because maybe mm. not everyone, I honestly do feel that most, I'm not gonna say every single person, but I'll say like 95, 98% of people can make money financially from their ikigai. That's just what I believe as a person. Yeah. The other, you know, five, you know, two to 5%, okay, maybe you have to work somewhere else or do something else, right? But you should still have that ikigai somewhere reflected in your life, in your space. Mm. And when you don't see that, and I feel like, that's when you find those, you know, perpetually unhappy people where nothing ever goes right because they're right. disconnected. I mean, why would anything be exciting? Why would you want to get into bed if you don't get to do anything all day that, for, you know, is part of your life's purpose all week? Like every single day, this is it. I would be upset too. <laughs> yes, actively disengaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I know when I'm doing uh, leadership development pro programs and we talk about motivation and um, oh, this person's not motivated. I'm like, they are motivated. They're just not motivated to do the thing you want them to do. That's the, right. <laughs> the motivation challenge. So this is where we get into, you know, job crafting and looking at um, how we can think about uh, like gamification or how do we just uh, the cognitive crafting, the relationship crafting, the tasks and all of those things to, yeah, you, it's a job. We get paid for it. We know that it's not always going to be, um, moments of pure moments of flow and joy and everything right. every single minute of the day that's like right. yeah but can we make it more than it is now <laughs> can we one percent improve that on each day and this is back to your theme of choice and and, and positivity and, and I think your positivity is not like that oh everything is sunshine and flowers it's yes. like <laughs> yeah yeah um so I really like appreciate your um your honesty and perspective on that too like it's but it's this necessary uh, thought process, right? Yeah. To, to get through when it's not sunshine and flowers. And I think that's important. So something that you mentioned that I want to really bring back up that you just said is that 1%, right? You just mentioned that 
So I used to work in HR compliance and it's like the most dreaded job even in HR. No one wants, <laughs> no one wants to talk to the HR auditor or any auditor, right? And I worked in that space and everyone's kind of just like, oh, right? And they, uh, they would ask me, always ask me, like, how are you working in that space? Like, it's so boring. I said, actually, compliance is not boring. Compliance is boring when everything is going right. And very rarely is anything ever 100% going right. There's always something for me to do. Some idiot saying something, doing something, yeah. Right, so when I shifted my perspective, um, I was actually able to get more joy in that space. Not that you get a lot of joy, but I got more, that 1% more. And then I was able to engage with other people on a different space and different level because I was changing their perspective of compliance. Like if your compliance is boring, then you should be excited. That means everything is going great. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's what we want your compliance to be boring. Yes. Boring compliance. A very dull, like, what does this team even do all day is a sign of a healthy compliant yes. company. When I come to you at your desk, that you should be concerned. Like if it's not boring, there's a problem. <laughs> yes. That's great. I love that. And, and I also love that your, your personal cognitive crafting then impacted your relationships with other people and changed their perspective of what it was that you did as well. I think that yes. like knock-on effect is, is super powerful. That's kind of been a, a theme through our conversation today. It is. I find that when you're like, we're talking to anyone, like everyone has their own preconceived notions of you as a person or of an industry. And I didn't realize that human resources had its own negative connotation, to be honest. Mm. Um, similar to you, I, my first HR job was a recruiter. So I was a happy career for a lady, <laughs> you know, as I started <laughs> my position. Um, so when I first started in HR, I only knew all the happiness of HR because I was giving people jobs and taking yeah. resumes and, you know, the happy face and people are excited. You give them job offers and they light up like a Christmas tree, right? And then you progress into different areas of HR. You're like, oh, okay. And you start having conversations and performance plans and people being reorganized and payroll problems and the system is shut down and, you know, all those other things yeah. that also come along with HR. And it was then that I was underbelly that bears publicly, at least to me, for people don't like people in HR. I say <laughs> HR is like a lawyer response, like, oh, it's like, <laughs> what's wrong? So I kind of made it a personal a mission in all of my HR roles is to be that happy face of HR, like that mm. advisor where um, you can, we can have a conversation. I, you don't have to, you know, avoid me in the hallways. I'm not yeah. coming to fire you. <laughs> say hi. It's okay. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's better not, it's better to talk to HR, as you said, with the compliance perspective, when you don't need to talk to HR, right. when things are going well, let HR know, this is why I'm happy at my job. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm doing well. Let's do more of this in our company. Right. Um, I'm trying to encourage people. So you need to have that kind of friendly, approachable uh, perspective so that people will take the five minutes to talk. Yes. So unfortunately, we are nearly out of time. So I wanted just to open the floor to you to give your you know, final message, anything we haven't managed to touch on yet today, something that you would like to give as advice to uh, people who are listening, who are struggling with their Ikigai, want some tips, anything, Dr. Dash, the floor is yours. Okay, for Ikigai, if you're struggling in that space, that means I've done that. So that means you're focusing too much on the Ikigai, you're trying to force something to happen. And I encourage people, and I say this all the time, all you have inside of you is all you need to take the next step forward. So whatever that logical next step is, just take it. 
or if, it's, if it feels illogical, but that's the path that's revealing itself, take that step because that one step is going to lead you down a path towards your ikigai, right? I didn't know that, you know, I would be in Japan, you know, two, two years ago. I didn't know that I would be founding National Black Man Day. So as you guys are moving forward, you have these maybe disparate ideas or these thoughts that seem crazy, write them down, research them, take the next logical or illogical step and see how it changes your life. Cause you never know what's gonna happen, right? I didn't know everyone's gonna say yes, right? Sometimes everybody says no and you still have to go, right? So either way, you have to go with what you know at the time. So that would be my advice. Properly, goosebumps everywhere. Thank you, I love that so much. And I love that you say take the logical or illogical step. Because sometimes that calling is just, 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 just do something with it. Right. Because otherwise as well, it's going to keep coming back and bugging you about it till you do something on it. Um, or it will fade away and like the moment's missed, right? So when the muse comes, take the step, take the action. I love it so much. So it's been an absolute delight talking to you today and uh, all your energy and power and just these all these projects and service and positivity. Um, everyone can connect to all of that in the show notes. There's lots and lots of links of the multifaceted, <laughs> amazing Dr. Ashley Dash. Um, so please be following her and supporting her. And of course, contacting her if you would uh, like to uh, have a consultation with her. I'm sure she'd be very happy to support as she can in some ways. So thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for this this conversation, this space. I think it's much needed positivity in the world. So thank you, Jennifer, for like having this this moment, this this podcast, these, these YouTube, like all of it, I think is amazing. So I'm just honored to be a part of it. Oh, well, thank you for being here today and sharing your voice and your ikigai. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.